Welcome in to Retired Bros. My name is Alex Simon. This is part two of my conversation with Marty Tynan. Marty is one of eight children that grew up between Binghamton, New York and Charlotte, North Carolina. He was born in the late 1950s, grew up in the 60s and 70s. He would classify as a younger baby boomer. Marty is active in Alcoholics Anonymous. Marty calls AA the best church in the world. Although he would never admit it, Marty has possibly saved hundreds of lives through his service to the program. This is part two of our conversation, which focuses on politics and society. Part one will be available soon. Full disclosure, Marty is my uncle-in-law. About what's your take on the, the political landscape? I think it's it's uh, it's disgraceful political landscape right now in general. Uh, I certainly have strong opinions about the leadership of the highest office in the country. I think it's a disgrace uh, what's right. happened, but um, I think he's in particular is more probably symptomatic of our politics in general as be uncivil. Uh, dishonest, uh-huh. uh, self-serving. Uh-huh. And I think the scariest part now is increasingly so is that um, really truth and facts have become what a person wants them to be. Yeah. I mean, they're, it's almost meaningless now. And if you don't agree, uh, if you want to make up your own truth or facts, it seems like that's what a lot of folks are doing. And it, it crosses both parties. It's not it's not unique to any party, but I think it's more evident said, on the Republican side right now simply because right. they don't want to lose power. You said something really smart. You said that you call congressmen and congresswomen uh, representatives and, you know, talk to them about how you, how you feel. And you said, boy, if you imagine if 20 million or 200 million people picked up the phone and called their congresspeople, I think you'd get some change. And why do you think people don't do that? And then why do you do it? Uh, partly out of frustration. Uh, but mm-hmm. two is I really believe it's our civic duty because most people really feel like they don't have any say, uh, mm-hmm. and they don't have any impact on the politics. And, and quite frankly, um, there's a lot of evidence to support that. But mm-hmm. the other side of the coin is, um, because so much, you know, so much is driven by money and politics, especially you know, dark money and the PACs and mm-hmm. so forth, that the only thing we have left, the average citizen, is is to voice their concerns, anger, frustration, mm-hmm. ideas, and so mm-hmm. Why do you care? Why are you so passionate? Why do you give a damn? Like, what? You're very, you're just, you just love the country? Well, well, I do, and uh, I do, and, and, and I think... Um, it's more out of more out of fear. I think that I don't think the general population, because they're so disengaged, feel mm-hmm. like they have any impact. But the other side of the coin is, I don't think they recognize the danger to the democracy if people don't stay engaged. That it can be ripped from underneath us, and we won't even know it. And, and there's plenty of evidence to see where that's happened in other countries, and you know, uh, in other societies. 
uh, where the thing goes goes downhill. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. because uh, a lack of engagement, and the other the other part is when people stay stay silent, when injustice and so forth is rampant, uh, then you become complicit. Mm-hmm. So I'm not overly concerned that you know the, mm-hmm. the country's going to you know crater and go down the tubes in the next little bit, but I think long term mm-hmm. it's a big concern, and I have kids and grandkids that I want to grow up in a free civil society and, and there's a lot of stuff that's very 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 dangerous going on i think it sounds kind of negative but i, I don't think the general population realizes um, mm-hmm. the danger when power goes uh unobstructed and be, starts becoming abused uh whether mm-hmm. it's the presidential office or congress or congress uh, doesn't utilize its proper oversight and so forth that uh, we have, you know, a guy in office now who really is uh, of an autocratic, and if he didn't mm-hmm. have his way, he would be an autocrat. So it's it's extremely disturbing to me, and that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I call and write. And, and I suspect the number of people that do that is very small um, mm. because it's, time-consuming, it's annoying, and generally you don't get really any uh, viable feedback or anything legitimate, but I think if, you know, 20 or 30 million people did that a week and were mm. burning up their phone lines, then I think uh, I think it would it would change. Because change, any significant change comes from the bottom up, not from the top down. What's your hope for the future um, the political system and, and just in general? I think it's going to take, my personal feeling, it's going to take years, if not a generation, to mm-hmm. swing back to the middle, um, mm-hmm. uh, where it becomes more civil discourse. I think it's now it's become uh, so acceptable, even uh, mm-hmm. not only acceptable, it's almost lauded as, as good behavior now to be uncivil and go on attack with people whether it be politics or just in general in public, you see the evidence of this uncivility throughout a society with road rage um, yeah. on social media. You know, people just attack each other mm-hmm. over things that are really not all that significant. And it's yeah. become acceptable. It's become acceptable. And it's really scary that uh, we're just uh, you we're very tribal. And I don't think, I think we tend to, you know, we tend to communicate, we tend to socialize, we tend to uh, uh, stay within that tribe, and that's also a dangerous thing because, you know, if you break bread with people who have different mm-hmm. opinions about you on various subjects, I think mm-hmm. you have a better understanding of them. Yeah. And, and number one. Number two is that you're you're more prone to be less antagonistic. Uh, you don't go to war with people you you have dinner with. Right. You may not agree with them. Right. But I think having that, being able to have that discourse, and I think that's the issue is, you know, most of the time what people are afraid of is what they are unfamiliar or don't know about. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like people. So you get to know a person, even though they may come from different backgrounds, different political mm-hmm. views or whatever, you realize that we actually have more in common than uh, we suspect. Uh, Marty, what do you want your legacy to be? Um, <laughs> I know that's a big uh, question, but 
What do you want your legacy? No, I don't. I, you know, I, I, I'm. Uh, people ask that question a lot. You hear that a lot. I, I don't yeah. know that necessarily um, that I want a legacy because I think then it becomes um, about an ego. Somewhat about about me, about an ego. But the I mean, ego, I, I believe the ego is not your amigo. Ego is not your amigo, but I would say, you know, if you're going to have any legacy at all, that uh, my legacy would be that, you know, um, I was, you know, just a man among men, a worker among workers, no different than anybody else, but I tried to help people. And and in the process, I was, you know, a good friend, a good father, a good husband, a good employee, uh, you know, a good grandfather. Nothing too special that I think I always – go back to the Martin Luther King uh, quote, and I'm somewhat uh, butchering it up, but he said the most urgent and persistent question every human faces every morning when they wake up is who, you know, who am I going to help today? Have I helped a person? You know, you you, you keep you keep seeking uh, education. You're always interested in learning. You know, old time. So one, one of my favorite. You're a baseball fan, right? So Satchel Paige, one of, one of his uh, best quotes I've always loved is he says, "Don't pray when it rains if you don't pray when the sun shines." <laughs> what does that mean to you? It means you got to be grateful for what you've got, and so yeah. you know, you don't be going looking for help if you're not grateful uh, for the blessings you have already. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that's most people is most people's prayers are foxhole prayers, right? Get mm-hmm. me out of this, give me this, give me that, and they're mm-hmm. always self-serving. Rarely are they uh, for others. Yeah. I heard a guy say say something interesting the other night. You know, he's a good buddy of mine. He's retired. He says, you know, I've he says my life's pretty good now. He says I I, I don't work. Uh, my kids are gone. We've got enough money to live on. He says, my health's pretty good for a guy in the mid-70s. And I thought, wow, this is great. You know, I'm, things are good. Life is good. And he says, I keep thinking about, wow, this is pretty good. Rah, rah. Then the thought occurred to me. He says, you know, I have been blessed with these things in my life, especially over the last 10 years or so. He says, were I blessed, for them, blessed with them just so I could enjoy them, or have I been blessed with them so I can help others? Here I, I have free time. I'm healthy. I can I can do more for others because of those blessings. I can pick more people up and take them to the hospital or take them to their doctor yeah. appointments or whatever. And really uh, struck a chord in me. He says, you know, why are we blessed? We're blessed so that we can bless others, not so we can just, our life can be, our life can be mm. easy, mm. right? Mm. Mm-hmm. So when you so when you have an opportunity to help somebody, very often the idea is I'll do it, but it's, it's got to be convenient for me. But if it's inconvenient, right. it's a different story, right? Right. Well, I'm busy. I got a meeting or whatever. But you know what? Real service is when you do it, and it's inconvenient. 